Details for the new Arizona Coyotes Tempe Entertainment District have officially been released. The Arizona Coyotes also moving to the White Kachinas. And we wrap up the, the Coyotes Arizona Rookie Tournament against other West Coast teams. All that on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everyone. Once again, this is Locked On Coyotes. I am your host, Robin Leonio, here on this wonderful Tuesday. Hope you guys had a great weekend. We had the day off yesterday because, uh, oh, I, just to be frank, I needed a day off. It was uh, quite another weekend of just a lot of work. But we are back here once again to talk a big news, big amount of news for the Arizona Coyotes. Joining me once again for today's show, Carl Pavlik of FiverrHowling.com. Carl, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Uh, doing good. Weekend was very busy. Um, and then the Arizona Coyotes decided to just go and dump all of their news uh, today or yesterday. So busy weekend, busy Monday, just busy all around, which is how it always is as the season gets started. Yeah, I mean, I was like, to, you know, we were saying off the air, we were just like, you know, I just really wish the Arizona Coyotes could spread out the news. Yes. Like, so I can have an episode talking about this today, an episode talking about that, like, on Thursday. But no. <laughs> yeah. They do it all in one show because everything, like, this is, I mean, like, I could spread it out, but by that time, it's not even important anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of those things where, like, they're just shotgunning with like major stories. Um, and we can't really go as in depth as we could, uh, you know, kind of wish that maybe they had made one of these announcements a couple weeks ago, back when we had nothing to talk about, but Hey, what are you going to do? I know this is just the years and the coyotes for you. They like bombard you for everything. And, um, I mean, I maybe it's a good tactic though, because like every bit of news will happen. And everyone's rushing to see what's up with the Coyotes. Yeah. If they spread it out, then he was like, oh, cool. Instead of like this, this, and this, like, oh, they're doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, I think what's going to stick out in a lot of people's mind is that the Arizona Coyotes had a phenomenal news day from like a team marketing standpoint. Um, and I was actually like working on a tweet about this. I'm like, if you're a team that's about to enter a painful rebuild, you want to give people one day to like just look back and be like, there's a lot of good things that are happening. I have this day that I feel very positively about, and I feel positively about the team. This day, it could be one of those days because a lot of good news coming out of the Arizona Coyotes on Monday. Let's talk about all that good news starting with uh, some pretty big news, the Arizona Coyotes' proposal for the Tempe Arena and Entertainment District have been released. And Carl, I am looking at these pictures that um, the Coyotes sent out to all the assorted media. And oh my God, this Entertainment District and Arena is gorgeous. Absolutely. Um, I think 
the last time we talked about it, we were like, eh, I'm not sure how long it's going to take to get details. Uh, the details dropped fast, and it looks amazing. Uh, not even just from like an aesthetic point of view, because I do think it's a really good looking design. Like as a like entertainment area, I would love to spend time there. Um, it looks Tempe in a way where I've lived in Tempe for I think a total of seven years of my life and it has a very specific vibe and the entertainment district definitely captures that vibe. It really does. Those who want to know some of the details, again, you can find it on literally any uh, you know website out there for Arizona Coyotes Media. Uh, you go to AC Central, the Arizona Republic. You can check it on 12 News, literally any place out there. Um, here are some of the details you want to know. We, like, we were talking about what, what, what is the potential price tag of this. And a lot of us, like you and I both thought it was going to be probably below a billion dollars because yeah. we're just like, there's no way it could be that much. Carl, $1.7 billion, which is insane. Um, like, I do, I did not think it was going to be that much. I did not think they were going to be thinking about investing that much in there. Um, yeah, like you said, we were talking maybe like, you know, not as much as Seattle's new arena, you know, not going to be as much as it cost the Kings because they already or the Golden Knights because they already had that infrastructure there. But no, the, the Coyotes ownership group is coming in strong and they're putting down the money, which is what we've always wanted an ownership to, group to do. I mean, and, that, and that's the good thing is because the majority of this is going to be privately invested. Obviously, we know Alex Morello. He owns a casino. He owns a lot of property. So, like, he owns an he, island. Uh, yeah. he owns, Like, this guy has the money to put forth. Although, those who do want to know, there is a, a, uh, a bit of public funds that got put into this proposal. $200 million that would be dedicated mainly towards infrastructure. Just kind of looks like, oh, let's, you know get the sewage and water lines in let's uh make sure everything is up to par for the actual build-up yeah but and it's going to be through bonds which are different than you would expect and through uh tax revenue at the arena um i'm sure there's like lots of details in there for like if you're really into like civil civil engineering like you can go deep on some of those details and just Knowing the Arizona climate, we are going to get people breaking down every single number associated with this to make sure that like the taxpayers aren't being hurt by it. Um, it does not seem like that's going to be the case. It seems to be a mostly privately funded uh, enterprise that's going to turn a landfill into an entertainment district, uh, which is just phenomenal. Yeah, that, that that is that is phenomenal. And again, you guys can look at the pictures here, um, and they yeah they they're really putting a lot of things in here. They want a, they want hotel, uh, they want a lot of uh, boutique shopping. Yeah, uh, let me actually just go through because uh, I'm on the Asia Central article. They lay out the two phases. Phase okay, one yes, go for is the arena, a fifteen. A hundred seat theater uh, with space for small shops and performances. 
a commercial district with fine dining and boutique retail shops, a 200-room boutique hotel, offices geared towards medical tenants, and up to a 12-story apartment building with 180 units. Uh, phase two would include more apartment units, a convention-style hotel with 300 rooms, um, which I think there already is on Tempe Town Lake, but eh. Uh, and retail center and offices. So just a lot of stuff going into this proposal. A lot indeed. And again, I this couldn't make me more excited because, yes, I mean, obviously this still hasn't been, been accepted yet, but like there is a lot here and a lot to be like, obviously any like a, a lot of previous stuff weren't like weren't full-on proposals the last full-on proposal was the uh what five years ago now with the asu deal that fell flat and that was like half proposal it just like oh here's a rendering this is all we know it was like a um, rendering and like a couple of tweets about like exploring the option like this seems like it's like the Coyotes ownership group and the parent companies of Morello uh, being like, this is the entertainment center that we want to make and we want to have it for years. This isn't a fly-by-night operation. This is something that we're taking very seriously and doing very fancy business things with that uh, my bachelor's in business management did not prepare me to uh, properly evaluate. the last bit of the last detail I do want to lay out for you guys, um, and uh, it's a pretty cool detail. Is they want to uh, obviously those if you if you know the area where they're going to be built, uh, it's on the south bank of a dry riverbed part of the salt of the of the uh, the Salt River. Uh, they want to put water back on that spot to kind of make it more riverfront again. You know, to make it look more beautiful. To be honest, yeah, and. I look again, the rendering scene, like, like, I really want this to happen. <laughs> Obviously, yes. Uh, you, you and I were saying off the air that Arizona is still in a major drought and a major water crisis. So that could be a little questionable. But, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not sure how seriously they're going to be taking that because that would be a major operation. Um, that's, that's low on the priority for them yeah. right now. Yeah. And it's not like... Tempe Town Lake, which uh, I, I've been by quite a few times, it's a it's a lovely area. Like even the even the dry lake beds, it's still like cool to be down there. You still see people biking and running that like specific spot multiple like like every single weekend. So it's going to be a great spot if they could do something like that um, in a couple of years. That would be just icing on the cake. It's not needed. I thought it looked great visually in all the renderings. Um, but yeah, that would be really cool. Again, um, the last thing I want to say about this before we move on to the next segment is I've been touting of of how they've been wanting to make this, make the entertainment district very dear district-like. I can see a lot of people Let's say, you know, years from now, the Coyotes finally become a playoff team again. Um, sure. You know, that fans are shopping in the entertainment district outside the arena, celebrating, you know, having just having a good time, spending a lot of money there. 
because that just, I mean, again, based off the details that you said of everything that they're going to put in there besides just the arena, like, there's a lot to be done there. Yeah. There, there's definitely, um, and we're seeing this a lot now. Like, when you're building an arena, it's not just an arena. It's a, it's an entertainment district. It is a spot to go. It is a place to be like, hey, this is where I want to spend an afternoon um, or an evening or just like, you know, I'm going to a thing. I want to be able to do like five things before that and have like just all that there. And that seems to be how they're making money. And it, I mean, it looks like they're interested in making money. I mean, I like when, like before I go to a sports game, I always like to like, there's a, some kind of specialty in going to a restaurant before eating, going and eating there before going to the game. Yeah. And, and an entertainment district is perfect because you can be like, all right, it's already parked. We're already there. A couple hours before the game, we'll eat. If we have some extra time, maybe sh- maybe do a little shopping. Oh, gates are open. Let's go inside. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, we'll talk about the the rookie faceoff tournament uh, later in the show. But I went to a game on Sunday, and there was also a football game at the same time. So just tons of football fans. I couldn't go into any restaurants or bars in, you know, the arena or around the area because it was like just too full. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. It feels weird not having that kind of whole game experience, just walking right in um, and having to pay $15 for a Dos Equis Amber. Um, But, but yeah, no, it's, it's what people expect now. Um, It's what, people want an arena area to be absolutely hey we still got a lot to get to on this episode coming up we will talk about the uh, arizona coyotes announcing new jerseys new away jerseys and we will also get to the uh, wrap-up of the rookie tournament all that coming up on this episode of locked on coyotes but first i'll remind you guys that today's episode brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increased number of makes and models it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure offer pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Well, wait for the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the parts and brands their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Have You have everything you can need at Rock Auto, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Again, I keep telling you guys, I always check Rock Auto for parts for my Mustang. And I have searched, I've, I've seen that I could save a lot of money on my spark plugs, on my air filter, on uh, fuel filter, anything, you name it. It's there. It is absolutely amazing. And it's now my place to go to when finding repair parts for my car. And I want that to be you guys. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. 
You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, now, once again, Robin Leonu here on Lockdown Caddies, joined by Carl Pavlik of FiverrHowling.com as we continue this Tuesday episode. And with now, let's now get to the other bit of Coyotes' announcements. That is the official announcement. Coyotes essentially going full, full-time full Kachina, announcing the away jerseys and saying that they will be, wear, will be wearing their home black Kachina jerseys for all of their home but eight games. Yeah, which I'm not sure why it's all but eight games. Like, that seemed really arbitrary and weird. Like, is there a contract with Adidas or whoever um, that they're making sure to fulfill? But it was crazy. I, I think people had been expecting the white jersey for a very long time now. Um, and it's great to see the team give people what they want. Oh yeah, and like I think, um, I know a lot of you guys. Like, Kachina is not for everyone. There's so many people that love it though, and I think that's what that's what they're gearing towards. And I'd say the majority of people, really, if we're being honest here. Yeah. Um, but like, it's really cool to see because again, they're going back to their history. They're going back, and you know, branding what kind of made the Ki- what what kind of put the Kyries on the radar because that logo and that design was it's. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. It was a very Arizona specific like jersey and it was the nineties and that was kind of the thing to do to be like this is Arizona and this is how Arizona is going to do hockey. Uh and then at a certain point they were just kind of like, No, we want everything to be kind of the same. Like NHL jerseys are just kind of like an interesting phenomenon to watch. But they're back to being like, no, it was special, and we like it because it was special and unique. Like, everyone I talk to, like, the Kachina jersey is, like, the jersey. It's the logo. I like the the modern Howling Coyote logo. It's, like, very much around me right now. Um, but it's also just, like, I, I know I'm kind of in the minority on that, where most people prefer the Kachina. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do prefer the Kachina, but that Howling Coyote logo, that new that modern jersey and everything, like, it's also phenomenal. Yeah. It's also a really good logo, and it works. And I think that's why I think I'm glad they're still keeping it around, um, because they're essentially there. It's it's like almost like reverse roles where uh, it used to be Kachina was the alternate. Now the Howling Coyote is the alternate. Yeah. Um, and if you look at it, the coyotes are, you know, they were now reverted back to the crescent moon on the sh- on the shoulder patch, full time, and the of course the um as just in general, the Kachina logo is now there back to their being their official logo again. Yeah, and they're they're doing the the giant um, Kachina at center ice. Like, there's a lot that they're doing that kind of like celebrates this history, like the. Also, the pattern is the is the center ice line too. Like they're really embracing this in a very cool way that is making fans very excited. Like I have not seen any negative response to this, but also it's very cohesive. Like you can tell that they planned this um, in a way that we haven't always seen with the Coyotes in the past. 
They've been teasing it for like a month. Yeah, like Howler had a, a video um, now two days ago on Sunday where he is like doing the laundry and some bleach accidentally pours in there. It's like, oh, hey, that's like just a cool little final like lead up to what we now know is going to be made, like the announcement. Yeah, plus there was that like social media post they made a uh, couple weeks back with the white background and all the different colors, the Kachina logo. Yeah. And they said, uh, coming soon, 9-20-2021. And everyone was like, everyone knew at that point, that day was going to be the day the white jerseys were going to be announced. Yeah. Um, I do kind of think that Years ago, when the Coyotes decided to first bring back the the black Kachina for a throwback night, like they they set this in motion because one of the first things I remember people saying to me was, "Sure, the black Kachina is good, but the white jersey is where it's at." Um, and that's always been like just kind of hanging over this fan base where it's like. You're going to do the white Kachina, right? It's the white Kachina. It's so good. And this is why back in July, they hired a firm, a, a new brand, like marketing firm to rework their brand. And obviously, I think at that, even at that point, that's when I kind of thought to me that if they're reworking their brand, I can see and smell full-time Kachina this coming up very, very soon. Um, and it worked. I mean, because obviously they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing when they went to the new firm, the new brand, the new like marketing firm, and everything. And again, they nailed. They 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 they, they hit it on perfectly. Yeah, and, and it definitely was something that we were gonna see. Like having a home and away jersey that are completely different. Like is done sometimes, but it's not very common, and it does not look very cohesive so yeah last last year you know they they essentially went full-time kachina home with occasional occasional time they wore the reds and occasional reverse retros which by the way i'm really sad that reverse retros aren't coming back to the nhl this year yeah that's but that's another that's that's for another story um, another time um but but when they went away it was always the you know the away version of the howling coyote and i'm like so Kachina logo home, how like it gets me a little confused. I'm like, wait, are they like are, are they confused by their brand? What they're trying to go for full time here? Like, what are they doing? Yeah, because it is a brand. Like, it's a it's a jersey, and as fans um, of hockey, we have an emotional response to that jersey. Um, we spend lots of money on it, and we have yeah. pictures of it in our homes and it's like a big thing uh and when a team doesn't have like a clear jersey identity like you can kind of you can tell um and i think the coyotes did a good job in making sure that they're like all right we see where things are going here we know that this is what people want we're just going to give the people what they want which is kind of rare in professional sports sometimes where you're like, are you just doing this to mess with your fan base? Why? By the way, did you, 
Did did you see that the Coyotes compiled a TikTok of essentially every single, like not every, obviously not every single, but a, a lot of fans saying, "Bring back Kachina full time, do it, do it, do it, bring back the white Kachinas," and they just like, and it's like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and having worked in sports entertainment in the past and been around marketing people, I know, like, seventy five percent sure. There was like someone who has been like pushing for this for a long time, who has been collecting every single one of those like tweets and messages, and they oh, did yeah. it in a presentation to their boss at least twice. Like they've been oh, like, "Oh yeah, oh no, yeah, I have had this. I know this is the case, and we're going to do this." Um, but yeah, it was a nice move. The Coyotes get a PR win. Like today, like if it was just the white jer- jerseys or just the the arena, it would have been a PR win. It's both. Like kudos to the Coyotes marketing team. Yeah, um, they did a phenomenal job on mon- on Monday putting everything out like that. And it's like wow, I am like it, it makes Coyotes fans excited again. Like yeah. even though they they know everyone knows rebuild coming soon. It's gonna be some bad years ahead of us yeah but potential new arena new jerseys let's get behind it yeah yeah it's gonna be painful next season uh and they know it and we know it we're not sure how bad it's gonna be but i think everyone's very aware that it's gonna be rough um and they want to make sure that the the fan base has reason to hope um which again is is kind of a low bar, but it's something that in earlier days, like when the NHL and the team or like the ownership prior ownership groups, we would have necessarily seen that kind of competency in a marketing where it's like, we know it's not gonna be good, but we're gonna give you things to be excited about leading up to it. And that's great. Yeah. It is it it is great. So a lot of a lot of things to be excited for, Coyotes fans out there after yesterday's news. But we still got one more thing to get to. We will talk rookie tournament in just a sec. Before we get to that, I want to let you guys know that we are back in better than ever. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use a mobile device, sign up for your free account today, and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage for all the offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, now time to finish things off here on Locked On Coyotes. Just a little bit over of a of a uh, final overview on the rookie tournament. You heard our preview series on Friday with myself, with Jason Hernandez of Locked On Ducks, and Sarah Avampato of Locked On LA Kings, talking the rookie tournament, getting ready for all the prospects up. All of us getting super excited about, you know, the state of the 
programs because all three of the teams that were on there were rebuilding programs that are going to be relying heavily on their prospects in the times to come. Uh, so quite a bit happened, obviously. You know, Coyotes did not win the uh, their all their games. They In fact, they only won one of them. But some good promising things to look forward to. Um, yeah, I had had a chance to watch all three games. There was definitely a lot of bright spots in there. Um, I think the the fans who watched have a lot to look forward to. And I think people also maybe have a little bit better idea of what areas the Coyotes need to build in the the future. Yeah, I was I, I was keeping track of some of the players, kind of like just watching, you know, paying attention to social media. For those that know, don't know, I work in radio you know, covering the Arizona Wildcats and I am working half, like quite a bit of the time. Um, so it's busy, busy days for me when the weekends hit. Uh, so I didn't get to see everything, but again, I was following on social media and it's just, and the name, one name just kept getting repeated. Dylan Gunther. Dylan Gunther had a phenomenal tournament. He made, uh, like just a lot. He got a lot of attention the first day when he had the shot that like destroyed the uh, Golden Knights goalie's water bottle. Um, he continued to just like put up good numbers. He was the Coyotes' most consistent goal scorer. Um, the kid definitely comes as advertised. Um, which I think a lot of Coyotes fans were concerned about because. The team has had so much trouble in the first round. Like, they really needed a win, and he looks like the real deal. Yeah, the moment the Coyotes drafted Dylan Gunther, I was doing as much research as I can on this kid, and I was, you know, seeing a lot of people from him and from, from, from the WHL saying, this guy, he's a true goal scorer. He will get you goals. And obviously, I'm like, okay, obviously, I haven't seen much, so we'd have to, we have to wait. And obviously, again, I was only following social media, but still, like hearing this, like the seeing his name pop up so many times, it's like, yeah, this guy's good. Yeah. Um, there was at one point in today's game, uh, or yesterday's game, when you're listening to this, where the power play plan seemed to be just feed Dylan Gunther the puck as much as possible. Um, and he didn't get a goal there, but I'm like, okay, I am watching the future of the Arizona Coyotes power play plan. It's going to be get Dylan Gunther the puck on the power play because he has just a phenomenal shot. I'm trying to think of other players that, that, that popped up on social media that like I realized came over. I think Ben McCarthy was another name. Ben that, McCartney uh, got just so much buzz from this tournament. Like it looked like there was going to be a minor backlash after the praise he got the first night. Uh, but no, he just kept delivering uh, I think he was started on the third line uh, in the first game. He was on the first line of against the Ducks. He looked phenomenal. Just tons of hard work. Uh, he had a great just like end of the year in Tucson. He seems like he's going to be the player to watch for the near future. Uh, one, one, one player I definitely had to ask about because uh, if I didn't, our, our good friend from Lockdown Blue Jackets... Uh, and uh, and uh, our uh, l- resident UK NHL locked on uh, host uh, uh, Jay Foster would 
hate for if I didn't ask about Liam Kirk. Liam Kirk, he definitely had a few really good moments. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of hoping for more. a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, he he was putting in the effort. Like he never looked like not engaged or anything. Um, but just like his compete in the World Juniors, like he set a really high bar. And I'm not sure he necessarily met that, um, which is perfectly fine. He's going to be going to the Tucson Roadrunners. He's got a full um, like veteran training camp to do. Like yeah. he didn't look bad. He looked like average, I would say. Like he didn't stand out in a good way or a bad way, which isn't ideal, but isn't like a cause for concern. So you're just saying he looks like someone that can benefit from the coaching of Jay Verde. Yeah. He looks like someone who needs development, which is. That's what the Roadrunners are for. Yeah. That is the stage of the career that he is in. Like the fact that he was putting in the work and he looked engaged. That's great because it shows I mean, that he's going to do the work later. I mean, let's be real, everyone. This kid is a seventh round draft pick. And like, so development's going to take a while, yeah. but it's happening faster than other seventh round draft picks. So the, the fact that we are still talking about Liam Kirk is like truly astonishing. I remember at the time people were kind of like treating it like a publicity stunt almost because he is the first player to have been like, like born and raised and played exclusively in the UK. Uh, yeah. to be drafted and he went in the seventh round that's sometimes like the throw away pick kind of area but some good nhlers have come out of the seventh round of course which and like uh, and but the, at the same time no one was like oh i, I don't think liam kirk is going to be the next like joe pavelski or yeah. you know whatever like that it's just like it was no what like, but like he he impressed over the off season you know in the uh, uh world tournament and that's what gave him the buzz to get the, you know, the contract and everything else. But as you said, kid still needs development. Yeah. Uh, he needs to a couple more years on him, maybe a couple more pounds. Um, he seems dedicated to like doing the work and, and getting there though. Um, and then uh, I do want to highlight the, the Coyotes defense as well, especially the Vladislavs. Um, Vladislavs. I was going to ask about them. Uh, they played together uh, this uh, yesterday's game, and I, I thought saw they looked that really good. Uh, Provolev has been impressing me since the the black and white tournament. Um, he looks ready to go for for the next training camp, and uh, and Koyachinuk. Koyachinuk. Koyachinuk looked really good as well had uh, a bit of an offensive edge uh, i definitely liked him his game i thought he was very impressive like getting moved up to that top pairing like good on him like just great all around so provenev number 60 man for the coyotes koyachinuk probably gonna spend some time in tucson yeah i, I would think so um he seems like he would benefit from tucson uh J.J. Mosier also seems like he's going to need 
maybe a, a year in Tucson. I thought he had a pretty good. Um, You're just making me excited for Tucson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it it was funny. Um, when we were, uh, I was talking to someone about the um hiring for the assistant GM who's going to be running the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, guy who came over from the Bruins. Can't think of his name. Um. um. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Ferguson, John Ferguson Jr. Yes. Um, and I brought up the fact that, like, rebuilding teams get all of these really good young players. Um, and the Coyotes aren't there yet. There's reason to be excited. Um, but, like, it's going to be a fun time to be a Roadrunners fan because you're going to get, like, the people who are developing. Um, so I, I, I think one of the big things for the Coyotes of getting these young players right now um and coming into the future is their new amateur scale yeah that they that they hired right before the, the right before the draft so obviously this previous draft kind of wasn't really fully him but still um the their amateur scale i'm blanking on his name right now but coming from tampa bay yeah that's no like <laughs> yeah and tampa like they're getting people from good teams and you just hope that they were the people who were making the calls on those good teams or they just like absorbed all that information. Um, Either way, that's going to be extremely beneficial to the coyotes in the future. Yeah. Like, and, and I don't want anyone to think that we're being too optimistic on this. Like when we say pl- players look good and they're ready for the AHL, there's still like a long way to go before they're going to be NHL ready, before they're going to be like active contributors. Like uh, Dylan Gunther is and Ponov are probably like the only two who even have a chance of making the Coyotes out of uh, training camp. And I'm not so sure about Gunther. Just logistically, that seems like an odd move. I mean, they can put they, they can like say he makes the starting roster, but then like five games in, they'll send him back to. Uh, at Edmonton, yeah, for the Oil Kings. Make sure you can still slide that contract. Um, like, yeah, that's why. That's why. Like, you only test him for like five games, and then you're like, nah, go back to go back to juniors for now. We, we we'll come back when you're ready. It was a very fun and exciting tournament. Uh, the Coyotes are one one and one. Um, in it, the the shootout loss to the Kings was brutal. Uh, they lost the last game with 1.7 seconds left. I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God, how did that even happen? Yeah, which is definitely like a, like that team gets yelled at. You got to play to the whistle on that one, like especially the Ducks. Um, they were like giving every lead in that game. Um, but I mean, the Ducks prospects are like they – they're notoriously supposed to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they were also missing substantial, like big prospects too. Like True. it was a winnable game. That is a moment that cannot happen during the regular season, but it's a, it's a prospect. It's a rookie develop development tournament. Like these mistakes are going to happen. Best let them happen now. And they learned that lesson to, to play a full 60 minutes. I mean, that's what this tournament was for is, you know, to get real game, quote, real game experience and you go on the NHL level ice and, you know, know what it's like. Yeah. 
and I think it's it's a great thing that the that the division is doing. Uh, I like this idea of like having all the teams together and having them like get that kind of real experience and giving fans something to watch. Like the black and white scrimmage was fun. Um, I enjoyed going to it. Uh, it was nothing compared to like a full sixty minutes, three periods, like actual power plays and not shootouts uh, or penalty yeah. shots. Like it was just seeing this was something else. Absolutely. So again, a lot to be excited for. And like the way Carl said, a lot of you might think that we're just being overly optimistic because uh, whatever, like, listen, like if I say, if I'm saying something to be optimistic about for the coyotes, like I'm, I'm being, I'm being genuine here. Like, and I, I, I I will give one major criticism to make sure that this is balanced. Uh, the center depth was not great. Um, That's always been the Coyotes' problem. That has. That has always been, uh, except for when, like, Dvorak was coming up. That was, like, Dvorak and Strom as the Coyotes' center prospects were the best time that we've ever had of that. Yeah, but where are they now? <laughs> yeah, where are they now? Um, like, uh, Mannix Landry served as the the top line center. Um, I, he 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 was he was fine. He was solid. He was not kind of a shining prospect. So there are major areas the Coyotes need to get better at, um, and center is a significant one. Absolutely. So that is you know pretty much the show. Um, all, all of us talking about once again. We talked quite a bit today talking about the arena and the Kachinas and the prospect development or the rookie uh, face-off tournament uh, in Arizona. A lot of things to be excited for, for the Coyotes. My, my preference, especially the arena, even though it's not approved yet, but just seeing the details makes me feel hope. Um, anyways, thanks everyone again for listening to this episode. Thanks Carl for coming on today to talk all these news because it is a, it was a bit, quite a big day. Um, if you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, um, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Um, also, don't forget to interact with us on social media. Uh, we are at L-O underscore Coyotes. Now, I am personally at Ralphianio1, Carl Pavlik at Carl Pavlik F-F-H. Once again, thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Hello!